You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! Mess around. We don't waste time. Over here at his hard line. Let's go. from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. to the show. Let's get started.
Greetings and good day to all you ladies and gentlemen out there. I am Jason, your co-host with our sovereign Lord and Savior Christ Jesus at our side because he is the host with the most and the most high. He is in charge. He is at the captain's chair. He's at the helm behind the wheel. Therefore, he is steering this great ship through these crazy rough waters that we call life. So welcome to his hard line. So today is Monday, December 4th, 2023, and you are listening to episode 644. We'll be doing a reading out of Matthew chapter 2, and today's title of the show is called Fasting Forward. Daily disclaimer, please be advised that I am not a doctor, I'm not a holistic health expert, health, financial advisor, biblical scholar, or bar lawyer, and I don't possess any titles of nobility or offer legal advice. And while I am a member of the Michigan General Journal Assembly, yes, in good standing, that is, I am not the official face or voice of the National State or County Assembly. I do not endorse or advocate for violence, and please note that the opinions, thoughts, and statements expressed on this platform are solely my own and for educational purposes unless otherwise referenced. So there you go to all the Karens and Darrens out there. That's right. Now, I want to thank you for joining us on today's broadcast. And if you find extreme value in what we offer and take away solid information as well as positive messages from this platform, I just ask, hit that subscribe button. Share the show with your friends, family, and colleagues. We encourage you to subscribe to our social media like YouTube and all the other good stuff. You can find all those resources at hishardline.com. And if, for those of you that wish to support the show, there is a Give, Send, Go campaign set up on my website. But there is also a place to submit prayers as well. But either way, thank you for your support no matter what you do. My biggest request that I value most are the prayers and the shares because at the end of the day, I know God has got my basic needs met and that of my family already taken care of. So no matter what you do, my biggest thing I always like to ask people is for the prayers and shares. So anyways, let's get into the show. So um, I do apologize for not being able to make yesterday's uh, live broadcast. Something did kind of come up. Well, something I shouldn't say something come up came up. This was already planned and in the works. Um, it just ended up taking more of my time than I expected. And plus, I had an hour drive back home and there was just no way uh, that I was going to be able to, you know, get home, you know, get some food in me, uh, shower, you know, do all that fun stuff that, you know, we all have to do. Right. The adulting thing <clears throat> and be on the air all within an hour of getting home by seven o'clock. There was just no way. So I do apologize for that. But as you all know, you know, that's just kind of how it goes. A very busy life we lead over here at the Jones household. And besides yesterday, my wife had um, her Bible study. So she had all the ladies over. So uh, which that's going really well. Um, she, you know, more people are you know expressing interest. Uh, there's another neighbor girl up the road from us, uh, a little bit younger than us. She wanted to get involved and uh, came yesterday for the first time. So it is growing. And then another neighbor was uh, saying to my wife, um, I think it was over text or Facebook or something, basically saying that she sees the neighborhood changing ever since she started noticing, you know, because my wife was praying for not just our home and our family, but also for our community and for our neighbors. And um, this particular neighbor girl um, was saying that she is noticing changes in the neighborhood for the positive. And there is without a doubt, um, it's without a question, God is certainly moving in more people. And that's exactly what we need to have happen 
in our not just our communities, but in our country collectively, because in order for us to be able to move forward and get our nation back on the right track and to um, basically get back to a place where we value life more than what society does. Like, it seems like nowadays nobody really has any high regard for life. Everybody's so quick to go get an abortion. Everybody's so desensitized from all the video games, the violent video games that, you know, does all the shooting and stuff like that, that, you know, it seems like between the movies and video games and the music and everything that's out there and the special effects and all the CGI that's out there, there are so many people that are just completely desensitized to uh, trauma. And, you know, not saying that you're impervious to it, but it just seems like that's what they're trying to do. They're trying to desensitize people to this, you know, to try to make them less empathetic for their fellow man. And, uh, you know, anyways, but I guess I say all that to say this, if we're going to be able to move forward in a positive motion in this nation, we need to exhibit love and, and the actions that Jesus once showed when he was walking this earth and that I know he wants all of us to exhibit as well, you know? So anyway. So um, I want to begin the show with a audio, um, with an audio. Oh, my wife was saying right here, um, three neighbors uh, now come. Uh, one has been wanting to come, but hasn't uh, worked. But oh, oh, but work hasn't let her. Excuse me. Yeah, I know who she's talking about. And another, her heart is changing and she's getting the nerve up hopefully to come join soon hearts are changing that's true there's more people that are starting to want to go to church more than ever um in our neighborhood and if you would have saw how everybody and where everybody was at two three four years ago uh, we were all a bunch of drunken drinking fools that uh you know of course that was you know we all moved in this neighborhood right after covid and all that became a thing so um, but yeah, no, God is certainly moving and, and hearts are changing and it's a great, beautiful thing. I can't wait to see how that ends up looking in a, another, you know, year or two or, you know, from now. But I want to begin the show with an audio cut by a Dr. Gary Brecka. Maybe you've heard of him. Um, he discusses uh, the severe health issues that occurred once upon a time with Dana White, who is the owner of the UFC. Now, we're going to get into the topic of fasting here. We're going to start it off a little bit. Then we're going to get into the reading of Matthew chapter two, and then we're going to kind of, you know, round it out on the tail end um, about all the benefits of fasting. But listen to this audio uh, from Dr. Um, from Dr. Gary Brecka. Very, very interesting. Uh, a buddy of mine at work was explaining, was showing this video to me, and I was like, send that to me. Listen to this. When I met Dana... All he wanted to do was for me to predict his life expectancy. And I hadn't done that in almost seven years. So I said, okay, for Dana White, I'll come out, I'll meet with you. I'll do a blood test on you, a gene test on you. I'll pull all your medical records and I'll give you your life expectancy. At 1.30 in the morning, when the lab was running his blood work, I've had seven life-threatening alert calls. Triglycerides are almost 800. Now triglycerides are a measure of blood fat, okay? It shouldn't be above 149. This is a cataclysmic level. I then saw that he was insulin resistant. He was pre-diabetic. He had skyrocketing levels of cholesterol. He, had, he was hypertriglyceridemic. And uh, so I flew out to see him and I sat down with Dana and I said, look, if you don't do 
what we're going to ask you to do for the next 10 weeks based on this blood work and the medical records that we pulled for the previous 10 years and the demographic data we pulled for 10 years. You have a life expectancy of 10.4 years. And he flicked a switch, a level of discipline that, you know, I haven't seen. He goes, dude, I'll do whatever you tell me to do. When it, I met Dan. Interesting, isn't it? That's very, very interesting. Um, when I when I would listen to that, I was thinking to myself, wow, you know, to, to imagine getting that kind of news from a doctor um, who, who was able to almost for the most part, I mean, obviously he's not going to be able to pinpoint the exact hour in the exact minute, but based on blood work and your current lifestyle and based on the demographics of that particular individual, he was able to really, and with accuracy, be able to narrow down exactly kind of roughly roundabout when you're going to die, assuming you, you know, you don't get into a car accident or a skiing accident doesn't happen, or you get taken out by an assassin or, or whatever, right? We're talking strictly just based on your health. Now, as I always have been a big advocate and have always said since day one of this podcast, I've always said words hold immense power, right? Now, think about the word breakfast for a moment. I thought about this off and on over the months. And, you know, breakfast has always been touted as like the most critical meal of the day, right? We've always been taught that, that breakfast is the most important meal of the day. But let's break that down for a second. Now, when you take the word breakfast and you break it up into two words that it is, break plus fast, right? You're breaking your fast, breakfast, signifying the end of a fast. Now, throughout our lives, like I said, we've all been taught the three that, that three meals a day mantra, right? Breakfast, lunch, and dinner, or even smaller meals to keep our metabolism running, right? Oh, yeah, don't don't eat three meals a day. Do do five smaller meals to keep your metabolism running, right? That's that's what we've always been told, right? Now I understand that the body has a need for nourishment, especially those that are active and that are exercising regularly, because whenever I exercise or I'm running or walking or I'm engaged in activity my body is typically hungry so therefore it's craving more fuel so i have to satisfy that fuel need right just like gasoline or diesel in a vehicle in a truck or a car food fuels our bodies providing essential nutrients but if we are continuously shoveling food in our in our in our pie hole right and, and we're bogging our system down because we're constantly eating 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 and eating multiple times a day, day in, day out, without any breaks, even at breakfast. Well, Jason, it's breakfast. You're breaking your fast. Okay, whoop-de-doo. You're breaking your fast for what? You, you eat, you know, depending on the family, what? You, you eat supper or dinner, some people call it, you know, what? Six, seven o'clock in the evening, depending, right? And let's just say you get up, uh, you know, at five o'clock in the morning for work. All right. But let's just say before you go to bed, you know, you're getting a little bit of a snack before bed, you know, eight o'clock little snack. You know, some people do that. I do that once in a while. So really, what, do you, what how long are you really fasting? Really? OK, let's just say you have a snack at eight o'clock and you have to wake up at five o'clock. Well, that's really only what eight, nine hours. That's not really a fast. Well, sure it is, Jason, because you're sleeping. It's fasting. You're not eating during that time. OK. But it's not a real fast. Now, can you imagine the unhealthy implications that can occur when the wrong food is put into our body, 
which is very easy to do considering the sourcing of the majority of our food. You know, uh, our bodies are constantly being bogged down by heavy, trashy gunk that really shouldn't be in our system. I mean, we have fast food restaurants and chain restaurants everywhere we are, everywhere we look, everywhere we look. Right. Listen to this audio. This is also something I came across when I was doing some researching on, you know, fasting. This is quite interesting. My food contains glucose. The fuel that feeds the trillions of healthy cells in my body. But that glucose also feeds something else. Zombie cells. Old damaged cells that have lingered beyond their useful life. By spewing toxic sludge, these zombies infect other healthy cells, speeding up the aging process. Everything from hair loss and wrinkles to the onset of arthritis, cancer, and dementia. But what scientists have realized is that when we fast and cut off the supply of glucose, that zombie army is starved of energy, which saps them of their power. When food is plentiful, our body stores excess energy in the form of fat under the skin and around the internal organs. When food is scarce, that fat is sent to the liver it's turned into an alternative fuel source called a ketone. And it's these ketones which provide the emergency power source, not only for our bodies, but also our brains. Remember those toxic zombie cells aging my body? Well, they're not the only things getting dealt with. Even inside my healthy cells, there's wear and tear. But scientists think that without food to process, those cells can switch into repair mode, fixing damage, cleaning up garbage, nipping any problems in the bud. With the zombies in check and the rest of me in tip-top condition, the future looks healthier and also longer. Very interesting. Without food to process, right? When your body doesn't have food to constantly process, your cells, both healthy and damaged cells, can rejuvenate. Isn't that kind of intriguing that, you know, we have never really, you know, we have never been encouraged to fast for even at a minimum 18 to 24 hours. Well, hold on, Jason. That's a very long time. I don't know if I can do that. Sure, you could. I didn't think I could do it but you build up to it. 18 to 24 hours is about on average what I do. Generally speaking, I'm usually fasting on average 20 hours a day. Generally speaking. Now, I've spent a few years researching, you know, fasting and discovered its hidden benefits because it really is hidden. They don't teach us this stuff in school. They don't teach us this stuff really anywhere. Heck, even in the Bible, they don't talk about fasting much, I should say, in church. And we're going to get into that a little bit later. But, you know, the advantages of a 24 to 72 hour fast with water, electrolytes and bone broth are pretty remarkable. Now, you need to remember 
like I said at the beginning of the show, I am not a doctor. I'm not a holistic health expert. I'm none of those. I'm not a nutritionalist. So everything that I am putting out here is just things that I've researched, things that I saw, and I just figured I'd share it with all of you. But this is not to be taken as health advice. Do your own research. Do your own homework and consult your own healthcare professionals. See your holistic doctor if you have one. See the people that you normally see. Okay. Seek the proper counsel. I am not the proper counsel. Just so you know. Just so you know. Now, if you can if you contrast this with our constant eating habits, encouraged by Again, the abundance of fast food chains serving processed and addictive food laden with fats and salts and sugars. Now, that there that there's a thing in the food industry, it's called a bliss point. And it's the perfect combination of fat, salts, and sugar. It's called a bliss point. And that's what typically is reached in a lot of the foods, like Doritos, for example. They have a certain bliss point in that particular snack that makes it addictive for us to want to have more of it and pretty much destroys our body. I forgot what it was. My wife, I think, was looking up Takis. That, that it's like another chip called Takis. I forgot what ingredient is in there, but she did some looking up and digging. And there's an ingredient in Takis that actually can manipulate and alter your DNA. Now, that's pretty scary. That is very, very scary. In this bliss point, it fosters addiction, which I think contributes to our overweight population. Here's another cut, cut number three. Now, this is by Dana White. This is the owner of the UFC. Now, listen to his story, okay? Listen to this. Hey, guys, what's up? I just got done fasting for 86 hours. I feel like a superhero. I feel incredible, and I want to tell you how I did it. I love sharing this kind of stuff with you. So when I left the event on Saturday night, I started fasting. And here's a picture of me Saturday night uh, when I left. I just got done this morning. Uh, so Saturday to Wednesday. And here are the. And I'll post this video, by the way, so you know. I'll make sure I post this video on Telegram and uh, True Social so you can see the difference yourself. Pictures of me this morning. So. I don't know if you've seen this online, but it's called the seven day water fast. And this uh, doctors have done studies on this and this thing is legit. It gives you an over 70% chance of not getting cancer, Alzheimer's and other nasty diseases. And basically you drink water for uh, 72 hours. Gary likes that better than seven. He says it's safer. And uh, I'm gonna walk you through what the protocol is uh, in this video. So the first 24 hours, all you drink is water, but you can put electrolytes in your water. Um, this is what I use. I'm sure you could use any electrolytes you want, but make sure that there's zero, 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 zero sugar, zero carbs, zero calories. This is all zero. And this stuff tastes really good. This is what I've been using for a while. Um, so the first 24 hours you drink water and you can use that uh, in your water. Then the next day, this is the cleanest broth that you can buy. This thing only has, this thing only has 45 calories, less than one gram of carbs, and uh, it has like 13 grams of protein. So all it really has is protein and 45 calories. 
That is the cleanest broth out available. Chefs will tell you that. It's Gary Brecca approved. You can pick this up anywhere. You do this twice a day for the next two days. You drink all your water with electrolytes, but you can do the broth twice a day. Bone broth, the bone broth, twice a day uh, for the next two days. You're gonna feel incredible. And obviously, you know, you're doing it for the internal, but externally, you get absolutely shredded on this thing. I tell you, when I, when I heard him talk about that, I started thinking to myself, you know, I can easily do like this past week. I accidentally did a 24 hour fast because I was just so busy. I literally went 24 hours without eating. So I started thinking to myself, I'm like, well, if I can do one full day, I think I am going to work myself up. I'm going to do this 72 hour fast. I'm going to get this kettle fire, uh, bone broth and, um, just do, you know, I I'm really thinking about doing this. I'm thinking after the new year, without a doubt, I'm going to take before and after pictures. Um, I'll show you even pictures. I'll put, put pictures, uh, from even a year or two ago. Um, I was showing my neighbor, uh, when my wife and I, when our family went down to Tennessee, I was looking at pictures even then, and I was kind of a ballooned out, you know, kind of dad. I, I definitely had, to, I was definitely rocking the dad bod. Let me tell you. Now, my wife says, oh, it's, I like your dad bod, but you know, we, we are all very much our own worst critic. And I did not like my dad bod because I knew it was unhealthy to me. It did not look appealing to me. I kind of want to, you know, I don't need to be cut or ripped, but I definitely want to be leaner and I want to actually look fit. I don't want to look like a chunky, you know, blob of a dad. So, um, my neighbor across the street, he saw those pictures. He goes, wow. He goes, even from then you look like you lost a lot of weight. I'm like, well, thank you. I said, but I still got, you know, honestly, truth be told 30, 40 more pounds to go. Um, you know, I said, I, I, I was actually once upon a time at around 210, 211, which is about my ideal weight for the height and age that I'm at, you know, and of course COVID happened and bloomed right back out. Um, but anyways, I'm just reading some comments here. Uh, April K was saying, yeah, prolonged fasting, just like what Dana White was saying, prolonged fasting can supposedly reset your entire system and even cure cancers. That's right. Um, and then she also says, think about how often the Bible reference and references fasting. That's correct. But there is one verse that I'm going to talk about on the tail end of the show that was omitted from the Bible, uh, which actually referenced the importance of fasting and prayer. But we'll get into that in a minute. She also says coconut water, great source for electrolytes. My wife was saying that's what I did for 30 days with the leaky gut kit um, from Kevin Rutherford. There was another guy I listened to on Sirius XM radio uh, on the Road Dog channel. He's no longer on the air now for stupid political reasons, but he's very much into the ketogenic diet and he has a lot of health supplements and kits like that. And he had a leaky gut kit that we ordered that my wife did and she lost 15 pounds from that and felt great. <clears throat> so, um, yes, Nancy, I will definitely post that video. I will not forget that. I will definitely post that video. But again, ever wonder why that we've been told you got to eat three to five meals a day, right? We're not taught about the benefits of prolonged, you know, one to three day fasting or longer. You know, the advantages go way beyond just weight loss and, and improved blood levels, but you can combat, again, infections, cancers, parasites that thrive on sugar. And it's evident that there's a, you know, an agenda out there to push excessive eating while hiding the benefits of fasting. 
there's no denying that there is numerous advantages to fasting. Again, improved insulin sensitivity, uh, cellular repair, heart health, enhanced brain function, longevity of life, cancer prevention, all these things are benefits of, you know, prolonged fasting. And again, the Bible discusses fasting in many areas, but there is a verse that has been omitted in Matthew chapter 17. And we're going to get into that in a little bit. But again, like I said, remember, I'm not a health professional, so do not take any of this as health advice. It's based solely on my own research, my opinions, things that I just found. Always conduct your own research and consult your own healthcare professionals. So let's get into the reading of Matthew chapter two. Now, I am reading out of, I can't remember, the New King James Version, I think is what I uh, grabbed this from. And it reads, now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea, in the days of Herod, the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we have seen his star in the east and have come to worship him. When Herod, the king, heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had gathered all the chief priests and scribes of the people together, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. So they said to him in Bethlehem of Judea, for thus it is written by the prophet, but you Bethlehem in the land of Judah are not the least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod, when he had secretly called the wise men, determined from them what time the star appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem and said, go and search carefully for the young child. And when you have him, bring him word, bring back word to me that I may come and worship him also. Now, when they heard the king, they departed and behold, the star, which they had seen in the east, went before them till it came and stood over where the young child was. Now, when they saw the star, they rejoiced with exceedingly great joy. And when they had come into the house, they saw the young child with Mary, his mother, and fell down and worshiped him. And when they had opened their treasures, they presented gifts to him, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. Then, being divinely warned in a dream, that they should not return to Herod, they departed for their own country another way. Now when they had departed, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother, flee to Egypt, and stay there until I bring you word, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. And when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed for Egypt, and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the Lord, through the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was deceived by the wise men, was exceedingly angry, and he set forth and put to death all the male children who were in Bethlehem and in all its districts from two years old and under, according to the time which he had determined from the wise men. Then was fulfilled that was spoken by Jeremiah the prophet, saying, a voice was heard in Ramah, a lamentation weeping in great mourning. Rachel, weeping for her children, refused to be comforted because there they are no more. Now when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, take the young child and his mother and go to the land of Israel, for those who sought the young child's life are dead. 
Then he arose, took the young child and his mother, and came to the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus was reigning over Judea instead of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And being warned by God in a dream, he turned aside into the religion region, excuse me, the region of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, and he shall be called a Nazarene. And that is the reading of Matthew chapter 2. Now, this passage is very rich with themes of guidance. Uh, we see themes of faith and, of course, divine protection. And the arrival of the wise men uh, signifies the seeking of truth and the recognition of God's divinity. And their journey following the star portrays a quest for something greater, which ultimately led them to our newborn king, the only king. And Herod's fear and deception it definitely contrasts very sharply. Hold on a second, guys. My computer is just going haywire right now. Hold on a second. There we go. Man, sound like my computer was about to take off my desk. Um, anyway, um, but again, you know, despite Herod's intentions, God's intervention protected Jesus and not only protected Jesus, but guided Joseph and Mary, showing that even in the face of adversity, God's plan prevails. It will always prevail. So the flight into Egypt really echoes the journey of faith, which illustrates the need for obedience to God's guidance. And so as Joseph follows the angel's instructions to safeguard the child, this ultimately underscores the importance of really having true, genuine trust in God. And not only have a trust in God, but to act immediately and respond to God's call in our lives. This is a very hard thing to do, folks, because like I told you before I started this podcast, now I know we're talking apples and grapes here, but, you know, I had this call to start this podcast much, much sooner than, you know, I did in January of 2022. I had gotten this call right around May in 2021. I didn't act immediately. Why? Because I was you know, dealing with paralysis of the analysis. I was doubting myself. I was questioning myself. I was wondering, well, what exactly is this going to do? To answer God's call with immediate action upon getting, you know, that call, that takes a lot of trust. And Joseph hopped into action. And then you had that, that unfortunate event, which ended up being the massacre of all those innocent babies, all the innocent male babies that were two and under. And that demonstrates a very dark world at that time. You imagine if we had that right now in America, I mean, that, 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 
is unfathomable to me, to be quite honest with you. But yet again, we have a ton of abortion clinics that still exist and they're doing it. They're just doing it quietly, probably more than what King Herod did back in his day. So I guess we still have it, unfortunately. But one day, I'm hoping and I'm betting that all abortions will cease to exist. It'll be, and if I had my way, an illegal thing to occur, except under very, 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 very rare, very, very rare circumstances. And that I don't even think would even be allowed either. I mean, it would have to have some serious health implications all around, but you know, we are having a very, you know, we're seeing this yet now, thankfully, we're seeing a lot of abortion clinics shut down. I think we saw one Grand Rapids shut down. But again, back to this reading, even during the darkness of the world back then, again, it contrasts the innocence of the child with the cruelty of power, yet it also, again, emphasizes the inevitability of God's plan and the fulfillment of prophecy despite the atrocities that are occurred by man. And so the eventual, you know, setting in Nazareth fulfills the prophetic words, which illustrates God's plan, which unfolds in unexpected ways. And it underscores the concept that God, God's ways are higher than our own. And his purpose will prevail one way or another, despite the challenges that we encounter along the way. God's purpose will always prevail. You need to recognize that. This is why demons and the devil himself shudder at the name of Jesus Christ, because they know that God and the Son and the Holy Spirit always win. It, they always win. And so this chapter serves as a testament to, again, the sovereignty of God, the significance of obedience to God's guidance, and the assurance that his plan of salvation persists even in the face of adversity and man's frailty. Now, I'm going to take a quick short little break, get a drink of water, and then we will continue on the other side for Fasting Forward. Be right back. My kid just came downstairs during the break. She's like, something big just happened. I'm like, what? What happened? She goes, my tooth. It's wiggling more. It's wiggling more. I'm like, oh, wow. I'm like, okay, but you got to go. I'm like, I'm about to really go back on the air. She's got one of her front teeth is uh, really wiggly, and it's been wiggly for quite some time. And we're just waiting for that bad boy to come on out and ready to just, uh, you know, tie some fishing line to it, hook it up to the back of uh, Katie's, you know, 
SUV and just and just yank that bad boy right out. <laughs> anyway, um, so before we get into this, let me play this audio, uh, cut number four. Um, listen to this uh, on, on fasting here. I'm going to be honest with you, fasting is the cure for everything. When your body don't have nothing to eat, it's going to eat all your bad cells up because it go into fight or flight. And when it eats your bad cells, your body release hydrogen. And, you know, we breathe in oxygen. We create our own water. Most people do from sun up to sundown. I like to do it to where when I break my fast, it's just with liquids. Mm. I like that liquid diet. What's the longest you, you fast for? Like no food, just water, yeah, yep, like yep, liquids. Yep. Like 42 days. I did about three of them. 42 days? When you fast... You're not delusional when you fasting. Things really get weird because you're not seeing into, you're seeing beyond the physical realm. You, you're seeing into the spiritual realm. So I find that very interesting. So he was saying that when you fast, especially for a few days, I think if I heard him correct, he, he fasted for 42 days. I don't know if that meant 42 days collectively or he's done it 42 different times, intermittent fasting. But it is interesting what he said there because he's not the first one I heard that from. I've heard this from a few people at work or one guy. I shouldn't say a few people. One guy at work. I've heard this from a few other areas and my, you know, uh, research to fasting. And and it's going to it kind of will lead into this Matthew chapter 17, verse 21 that that was omitted from the Bible. But he said something very profound there. You, you were the closest to the spiritual realm when you are in that fasting state what, what exactly did he say again hold on let me let me fast forward to that again hold on that was be honest with you fasting is the cure for and beyond you fast you're not delusional when you fasting things really get weird because you're not seeing into you seeing beyond the physical realm you you seeing into the spiritual realm yeah you're seeing into the spiritual realm that's very interesting i've heard that again i've heard that a lot now, this Bible verse, this Bible verse that I, I, this, this still bothers me. So if you open up your Bibles, most of you, if you go to chapter 17 in Matthew, Matthew chapter 17 in the New Testament, You'll find that most versions, not all, but most versions have Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. It's completely omitted from the Bible. It's omitted from a lot of mine. And it says, or it's supposed to say, but an evil spirit of this kind is only driven out by prayer and fasting. Now that's one version. Here's the 1599 Geneva version. Howbeit this kind goeth not out, but by prayer and fasting. Now, in the story from Matthew 17, Jesus encounters a situation where the young boy is troubled by what they believe was a demon, and it was a spiritual problem that was causing the boy distress. And so some of Jesus' followers in the story tried to help, but they couldn't get rid of the deep-seated issue. So when Jesus steps in, he successfully helps the boy, and he mentions that dealing with this you know, specific challenge needed more than just the usual approach. And he talks about the necessity of prayer and fasting. But supposedly, the reason for leaving it out is because of what is written in Mark 9.29. And what it says in Mark 9.29 is... 
And here's some of the versions, okay? Now, the New International Version for Mark 929, it states, he replied, this kind can come out only by prayer. New uh, uh, English Standard Version, ESV. And he said to them, this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer. Okay, what about the fasting? Where's fasting? Uh, New Living Translations, uh, NLT. Jesus replied, this kind can be cast out only by prayer. Okay, where's where's the fasting? Um, here we go, Christian Standard Bible. And he told them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer. Hmm, no fasting. New American Standard Bible, NESB. And he said to them, this kind cannot come out by anything except prayer. But you know what does have it in there? The King James Version, the 1599 Geneva Bible Version. It says, and he said unto them, this kind can come forth by nothing but by prayer and fasting. See, this is why we like to gravitate to the New King or the King James Version and the 1599 Geneva Bible, because it has more of the original text. In fact, did you know the 1599 Geneva Bible had the original Apocrypha books, the seven Apocrypha books up until I think it was like sometime in the like early 1600s and they did away with it. Yep, it had the seven Apocrypha books in there. Now ask yourself, why would they be so insistent on emphasizing prayer in Mark 9:29 that we read here, right? And omitting the Matthew 17 chapter 21, the prayer and fasting part, right? <clears throat> Why would they be so insistent when I say they, you know, the powers that shouldn't be? Why would they be so insistent on emphasizing, you know, leaving the parts that say prayer but strategically leaving out the part about fasting in these particular cases when it comes to driving demons out? See, if you notice, it is the older versions, again, of the Bible that discuss fasting as an important part of ridding demons and evil spirits. Now, there are other areas in the Bible that discuss fasting. But in this particular case, when it comes to driving out demons, there's got to be a reason why they want that part omitted. Why? See, think about this. Think about it this way. When we are faced with really tough situations in our life and we are, you know, dealing with deeply rooted problems in our life, sometimes the solution requires a much deeper connection to our faith. It's like going beyond just saying a quick prayer. It involves praying with intense focus and also taking the time to clear our minds and our hearts, which is what fasting represents, getting clarity by renewing our body and purifying it and cleansing it of all the junk that is blocking our receptors to receiving Father's messages. See, fasting weaves together the threads of our uh, spiritual and physical and mental realms, and it creates an interconnected tapestry of benefits, as we kind of listed earlier in the, you know, at the beginning of the show. And a lot of the physical benefits that I already listed that's, that's just, that's, I'm, it's not even scratching the surface. See, at its core, fasting holds profound spiritual significance across various faiths, symbolizing sacrifice, discipline, and a focused dedication 
to matters of the soul, and it serves as a pathway to spiritual purification, allowing people to deepen their connection with their faith and to hear God's guidance and to humble themselves before a higher power. And yeah, April K says it right. They want us to be sick mentally, physically, and spiritually, because when we bog our bodies down and we don't have a chance to give our bodies a break to rejuvenate and renew the cells and it's always working, it's going to, I'll put it to you like this. Let me give you a real world example in a different aspect of life. One thing is a driver where I work at. See, again, because I work for a petroleum company, an oil company. It's not a trucking company. They're an oil company that owns trucks. Now, in, an, in a former company that I used to work for, they were a third-party carrier that delivered gas to all sorts of customers, but they weren't an oil company. They were just the delivery driver, uh, right? Uh, the delivery company, a third party. There was two guys on one truck. You had a night shift and you had a day shift. And those were the only two guys that would ever drive that truck. So that would mean that that truck, depending on those schedules, and they weren't always the same, that truck would take a break. Now, I know it's weird to hear, but equipment sometimes needs to take a break. A truck can't just keep running and running and running and running and running, even though that's what they're kind of designed to do, right? Diesel motors. But every once in a while, the thing needs to stop and cool down. Otherwise, you're just going to run this thing right into the dirt. Well, where I work, yes, we have night shift and day shift. But here's the thing. Because of how our schedules are situated, they try to pack as many drivers on as little trucks as possible. So there is no downtime for any truck. Meaning, there's very little time for parking lot time for these trucks. And so when they're constantly running and running and running and running and running and running, and running, they break down much faster. And we have a lot more issues. See, it's the same thing with our bodies. If it's constantly running and running and running and running and running, it doesn't have a chance to take a break and to repair itself. Now, back to the spiritual practice. This fasting can transcend the ethereal, you know, the ethereal, I should say, and touches our physical existence. Beyond its spiritual context, fasting also offers tangible physical benefits. By abstaining from food, the body can divert energy towards, again, repairing and cleansing mechanisms, which potentially enhance cellular renewal through processes like autophagy. And autophagy, again, is where the body, it's the consumption of the body's own tissue, tissues as a metabolic process that occurs in a starvation mode. And it will also, you know, eliminate certain diseases. And furthermore, controlled fasting periods may also contribute to weight management, improved insulin sensitivity, like I mentioned before, reduced inflammation, and overall, it fosters overall physical well-being. But yet fasting is not solely a journey for 
you know, the spirit and body, it's a pilgrimage of sorts for the mind. Because the act of abstaining demands mental discipline and focus. And that right there lies the hardest problem, cultivating mindfulness and clarity. And this mental resilience gained during fasting can actually extend beyond the period of you know abstinence, empowering people to face life's challenges with increased determination and a clearer perspective. It is very interesting to see how much drive people end up having once they go through a prolonged fasting. <clears throat> So ultimately, you know, fasting becomes that, uh, you know, that bridge that connects us to our beliefs and ourselves. And it's a pathway that leads to deeper introspection, which ultimately enables people to reflect on our, you know, on their lives. And then they're able to express more gratitude and seek more of, you know, guidance from God and cultivate more, you know, humility. And through this process, people draw closer to their understanding of God and, it aligns their actions and thoughts with, you know, more spiritual and moral principles. And therefore they find more meaning in their journey to self-discovery and through faith. But however, like I said, the pursuit of fasting should always be approached responsibly. Again, I can't emphasize this enough. I am not a holistic health expert or a physician or a nutritionist or anything like that. You have to do your own homework, ladies and gentlemen, before you engage in this. Me personally, I am definitely going to be doing this 72-hour water fast where you do water with electrolytes for your first 24 hours. And then the second day, you can incorporate bone broth twice a day with your water. And then same thing, day number three, bone broth. When I saw the pictures of Dana White before and after just in a 72-hour you know, period, I was like, whoa. Whoa. So yes, I will, I will not forget to post that video so you can watch it, but yeah, I will be doing this come January. I will be doing this and probably more than once. I will probably do it at least a couple times, maybe three times in 2024. My goal, I will, like I said, don't want to get shredded, but I definitely want to be lean. I'm just reading a comment in here. My wife was asking, wasn't it a 10 week before and after I thought? No. So the 10 week thing that she's talking about, that was in the first video. So when, when, uh, what's his name? Uh, the doctor, it was when he first discovered that his triglycerides and everything in his blood work was through the roof. He had a protocol that he had to follow for 10 weeks. That was to keep his life from ending, you know, very short, but this thing that when I played the video with Dana White, he's talking about like a, an actual fast. So this was a 70. So basically what this is, he did. So what he did over 10 weeks, he's recommending to people because it's something that doctors have recommended and they've done a tremendous amount of research and studies on this, that a lot of people should do this on a regular basis, a three day, 72 hour water and bone broth fast. And it, completely not only just shreds your weight but you feel better your 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 body you know you feel like a superhero as he said but again why is there such a and, and this is a question that probably <clears throat> this is probably a question it, it's obviously a uh, what do you want to call it a rhetorical question and, and we already know the answer to this but i'm going to still pose the question anyways 
why is there such a concerted effort by those that don't have a right to be in power? Why do they want to conceal this profound physical, mental, and spiritual advantages of fasting? Why do they want to hide that? Because they want us sick. They want us to be regular customers to the medical system and to the big pharma system. They don't want our bodies recuperate. See, our bodies are very miraculous. The body temple that God gave us, it is a powerful, powerful body. And God made it perfectly. It can, it is resilient. The only reason why we are sick and, and overweight and just bleh is because of the garbage we put into it. And I'm not just talking food. I'm talking terrible music, rap music, heavy metal, the crappy sitcoms we fill our minds with. The smut books like 50 shades of gray and other crap like that. Harry Potter. Like, I'm talking not just food, but other things. It's all crap. It's all garbage. We should not be consuming that crap. Now, don't get me wrong, ladies and gentlemen. <clears throat> I'm not saying that my life is all perfect rainbows here. I still like to listen and watch uh, Burn Notice. With Michael Weston. Burned Spy. But when it comes to music, I don't really listen to music except praise music, which, by the way, I have a song I'm going to play. My wife turned me on to it uh, by the name of Brandon Lake. It's called Count em. I don't know if you've ever heard of it, but I downloaded it, and we're going to play it at the end of the prayer. It's a good song. But again, they want us continuously always sick. They want us continuously being a customer to the big pharma system. But more importantly, they don't want us being connected to God. Because again, think about the spiritual sense of this. We have so many demons around us walking amongst us in this spiritual war. People don't even realize. And when we are in a fasted state, like that one audio clip I played, you can see into the spiritual realm. You're not delusional, he said. You can see into the spiritual realm. And they think this is why they try to omit it from Matthew chapter 17, verse 21. Why they try to omit it and why they took away fasting in Mark 9, 29. Because that is the one way that we can be focused and eliminate these demons in a very profound way. You can't just do it through prayer. You have to fast and pray. There is obviously an undeniable truth out there that's hidden from us, right? Because fasting fortifies the body. It fortifies us mentally. It enhances our sharpness. It enhances our strength. It builds us up. It, it resets us. Spiritually, it fosters a deeper connection with Father in heaven. And it allows us to be more attuned to the higher realms and our spiritual journey. And lastly, it just makes us overall healthier people, which would allow our bodies to heal and rejuvenate the way that it needs to be. And you can get off those medications, that high blood pressure medication, those cholesterol medications and those statins and all the other crap that they just want to pop in your body. 
you can break away from all the medication, folks. I promise you, you can. I've heard a lot of stories and seen a lot of real life testimonies when people just hand their life over to God and they eat real food. So with that, let's pray. And then I'm going to play that awesome song that my wife turned me on to again by Brandon Lake. All right. Heavenly Father, in the middle of all these times, we ask that you guide us towards these profound benefits of fasting. It seems like these, this wisdom and this knowledge is being purposely withheld from us. It's a practice that not only fortifies our bodies, but elevates our minds and deepens our spiritual connection with you. And so we ask that you grant us the wisdom to comprehend these truths that have been hidden from us, truths that empower our physical and our mental and spiritual well-being through the discipline of fasting. But we also ask that may our eyes be open to the concealed knowledge and, and may the veil be of, you know, the veil of deception be lifted, revealing the genuine path that's rooted in Christ Jesus. And we ask that you awaken our spirits to recognize the importance of all these things and we ask that you awaken this country. We pray for our assemblies and the success of our assemblies. Father, I also want to make a special prayer to a couple of people that are within our circles, within the Michigan General Journal Assembly family. I'm going to keep their names private, but we have one of our own that is in the hospital that is um, dealing with something pretty pretty severe. She, it's making her incapable of standing. So we pray for a miracle uh, for her and we pray for the strength of their family. And then we also have another one of our own, her husband. We pray for him and a miracle be delivered to him. And anybody else that's out there that is dealing with medical or health issues, we pray for a miracle. We pray for healing for these folks, Father. We pray for the unheard prayers that are hidden in people's hearts because they don't know how to verbalize it to you. Or maybe they might be too shy. We pray for the special intentions that are kept within people's hearts. Hear the prayers of the people who are calling out to you, God. We know we know you are a great God and all things work for good because of you. You're the only one that can take a bad situation and make it good and therefore shows us your good glory and grace. And so we pray all these, all these people can be touched one way or another in a positive way by you, Father. And we pray all this in your awesome Holy Son's name, Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. And anybody out there, if again, if you guys ever need prayer and you need me to read a prayer or you want me to pray for you on the show, if you, um, thank you, Liz and Ella, I appreciate that. That was really kind of you. Thank you for that uh, little, little, you know, donation there. Appreciate that. If you guys ever need prayer, you can obviously put it here in the chat or you can also email the show. It's a uh, JMJ, excuse me, not JMJ. That's my private one it's his hard line at gmail.com that's his hard line at gmail.com 
And, um, yeah, I, and you know, there's so many people I, I have in my mind, like, you know, that I forgot to put in the prayer, but you know, my buddy at work, his wife is dealing with cancer, breast cancer, right? We, I just found out over dinner when my wife and I were talking at the dinner table that, um, a, a girl that comes to the Bible study, she couldn't make it yesterday because her husband got admitted to the hospital a few days ago. Now, thankfully he's released and he's fine, but, um, just there's a lot of people that are dealing with some serious health implications because of maybe they got the shot, right? Maybe because they got the vaccines, right? I'm at a point now where I'm not picking on these people. I'm at a point now of like really having compassion and just genuine. I feel genuinely bad for a lot of people that are dealing with, with these, you know, the, the consequences of this shot, it's really sad to see what people are going through. And we really, yes. And I agree with Liz here says in the chat, we have to display grace and mercy because that's what God displays and exhibits towards us. How can we ever expect grace and mercy from God if we don't give it back to others. Remember what it says in the Bible, and I believe we're going to read it in chapter in, in, in the book of Matthew. But when Jesus was asked, what is the most important law that we need to follow? And what did he say? Now I'm paraphrasing here, but he basically said, you need to love your God with all your heart, with all your mind, with all your soul. And the second one is just like it. Love your neighbor just the same. So love and serve God, but do the same thing for your neighbor. Love and serve your fellow man, your brothers and sisters in your community. And let me tell you, this is something that my wife exhibits a lot. In fact, I wish she was here to listen to it. She's probably tucking the kid in for bed right now. But, you know, she doesn't realize it, but I'm her biggest fan. She's the one that keeps me humbled. She's the one that prays for my sorry soul. She's the one that has stuck around through my dumb, you-know-what, narcissistic tendencies that I once held for the longest time and it was up until september of 2020 one what could have been one of the last arguments that would have ended our marriage god took that divine huge mallet i call it god's mallet and he smashed me down ladies and gentlemen boy did he smash me down into a billion pieces and more and I remember hearing in internally, in my mind, you can either pick up the pieces yourself and try to put them back together, good luck, or you can just humble yourself, shut up, trust in me, and I can put those pieces back together and make it perfect the way it should have been. And it was that moment I said, okay, we're going to do it your way, God, because my way clearly isn't working and I'm tired of fighting and I don't want to lose my family. 
And that is when the true transformation started. And it's still going on. But I'll never forget that month in 2020. So we're going on what? 20 to 21, 22, 23. So three years now. Yep. Liz and Ellis says right here, wives got to take care of their husbands, hubbies. Father, God gives us lots of patience. Yes, he does. <laughs> yes, he does. So without further ado, I want to play this song. I wish my wife was on the air because this is a song. She loves a song. This song I want to play. It's by, again, it's by Brandon Lake. It's called Count, Count em, C-O-N-T, and then E-M, Count em. So, ladies and gentlemen, I hope you have a blessed day, blessed night, wherever you're at in the world. And remember, as it states in Matthew 7, ask and it will be given to you. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. Matthew 7, 7. God bless, ladies and gentlemen. We'll see you back here next time.
Remember, ladies and gentlemen, we are firm, we are steadfast, and we are uncompromising. The enemy has crossed that line for the last time. It is up to people like you and I to hold that line. They've crossed the line way too many times, and it is time for us to stand up this republic and get after it. We gotta do this for God. We gotta do this for our families. We gotta do this for America, for the voiceless. It's time to get after it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining the show. Forget to check out the website www.hisheartline.com. And if you want to know more about how to get involved with your assembly, go to www.national-assembly.net. That's www.national-assembly.net. It's time to get active, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go.
Thank you for joining us here at His Heartline. We'll see you back here next time.